Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. Together, we will unpack fantasy, faith, and life. We're not necessarily experts, but rather fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing. I'm coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina, here in the Unpacking It Ministry studio. Great to be with you. We are joining uh, you each Tuesday throughout the fantasy season, and we will try to offer insight on waiver wire, uh, waiver wire moves this week. Uh, we'll let you know what we're convinced of. We'll do a little fantasy shenanigans. We always do accountability. And today we're going to talk uh, about trades and, and, and especially during our playbook segment uh, where we dive into the fantasy football fellowship playbook. We're going to talk about rejections when we, we make trade offers, uh, but we're also going to get into the, the fantasy side of it and, and some trades that, that maybe we should explore at this point in the season. And so, you know, it's an, an interesting point in the fantasy season, first four weeks. So we've got a little bit more to to, to gauge and, and more to pull from. But Harrison, as you and I were, were talking before the show, man, one week we start thinking one way, the next week it's different. The NFL is wild. I know for me, I had a tough fantasy week. Teams that uh, didn't necessarily, they haven't been doing well the first three weeks in fantasy. They got their first win against me. And so uh, th- those are some fantasy shenanigans that I, I faced uh, this past week. But uh, Harrison, how you doing? And uh, what's your big takeaway from the uh, the first quarter of the season? I'm doing great, Bryce. And I would agree with that. Like last week, we were talking about how the Rams are one of the best teams in the NFL and are contenders for the Super Bowl. And then the Cardinals come in this week and just destroy them. We were talking about how great the Bucks were a few weeks before that. And then they played a close game with the Patriots. I mean, an it's ugly, really offensive. ugly game. Yeah, it's really been so hard to tell. This, this Super Bowl is completely wide open, in my opinion. I think there's a lot of great teams out there. And it's going to be really interesting and just fun to watch these amazing football games every week between all these talented teams. And personally, on a fantasy level, I felt the same pain that you did this week. I lost to someone who got their first win against me also. And it was one of those scenarios where I felt pretty confident going in because his team had underperformed. Mine did well. And my team still played well this week. But his team just went crazy. Every single player on his roster scored at least a touchdown. Even his defense. Even his defense scored a touchdown. He put up like 150-something points against me. There was just no way for me to win. So that was pretty devastating. And then in another league, I felt the pain of Monday night football. Mm. You know, going to sleep on Sunday night with a lead, thinking that you got it wrapped up until Monday night football comes. And, you know, every single year it happens a few times. It happened to me this week with Darren Waller going off, getting a touchdown and sinking my fantasy win this week in the Monday night game. Uh, yeah, Monday night is always wild, especially, you know, last night, night a lot of fantasy relevant guys, I think. Derek Carr was a little bit of a letdown, um, but but for me, I ended up pulling out a 
a, a win by point one. And actually, that was my first win of the season in my, my neighborhood league. So this is a, a new redraft league for me. Uh, so I've been struggling, but finally got the win by point one. So that was pretty wild. Uh, but but overall, you know, after four weeks, I feel good about my, my teams. And, you know, the key is you just don't want guys that are out for the year. Like if some of your guys have down weeks here or there, you're fine. You just don't want guys that are injured. That's what's going to derail your season. That's what we saw last year with Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Thankfully, so far this season, we haven't had anything that dramatic. And, and so it's only been four weeks. Uh, but but hopefully, you know, even guys like CMC, we get them back sooner than later. And 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 now Saquon Barkley's playing much better. Uh, and, you know, the, I think the big concern maybe from the weekend is, is David Montgomery, which I'll, I'll talk about in a moment. Uh, but overall, I think injuries have been at least doable. A lot of questionable guys every week, though, dealing with a lot of questionable players. Um, the other big fantasy shenanigan for, for the two matchups that I that I did lose to somebody for the they, they got their first win of the season. They both had Cordero Patterson and Tyree Kill. To just think about that. For me to go against two teams, they both get their first win, and they both had Cordero and Tyree Kill, who had monster games. Unbelievable. And I was also so stubborn this week that I, I played the Panthers' defense, which had been great in fantasy, up against the Cowboys. I was like, ah, I don't want to drop the Panthers. I don't like having two defenses on my team. I was like, ah, I'll play the Panthers anyway. Negative points for the Panthers. So that was uh, a debacle uh, on my end. But... Let's jump in. We'll uh, we'll begin with I'm convinced, and you mentioned Monday Night Football, and I'm convinced I want Hunter Renfro on my fantasy teams, and not necessarily for the points that he's putting up. Last two weeks, getting into the end zone, catching important passes. You know why I want him? Because he can get tackles. How about that tackle last night? We need that kind of toughness on my fantasy teams. We need somebody that can uh, see a play develop and go get that hit. I mean, did you see that play? That was remarkable. It was, that was unbelievable. I remember watching that uh, with a bunch of my friends on Monday Night Football, and we all went crazy because we saw the fake punt happen. We're like, "Oh, yeah. it's a fake punt!" And then we just saw Hunter Renfro come out of nowhere, like uh, like Ed Reed or something, just blowing up the play like a safety. It was crazy, tremendous. So I think he he he's kind of been one of those players in fantasy where you're like, "All right, he has some good games, but can you trust them?" And I remember last year, I'd like I'd add him, I'd drop him, I'd add him, I'd drop him. It was kind of that situation. But after last night, just the kind of guy he is, I want him on my team. So, And when, when you look at Clemson, everything that he did there, he's one of those guys that you just want to root for because he's yeah. always been so underrated, but he just produces. Everyone forgets about him when he was at Clemson because, you know, they bring in five stars year after year. But he's the guy that catches the game-winning touchdown passes. In the NFL, late-round draft pick, everyone's talking about, you know, uh, Henry Ruggs and the new receivers, yeah. Brian Edwards for LA. Hunter Renfro is the guy. He just produces and he makes those big plays when it counts. Yep. Yeah, Brian Edwards, I don't think he did much last night. So he's he's kind of been a letdown after he had maybe a big first first or second game, uh, but has, has cooled off a little bit. Uh, so anyway, I think Hunter, Ren, Hen, Hen, Hunter Renfro is worth having on your roster moving forward. 
What are you convinced of? So one thing that I mentioned before about all the great teams in the NFL this year, I think the Super Bowl race is wide open. And you talk about these great teams like the Bills, Chiefs, Chargers even looked really good the last two weeks. Browns, Ravens, Buccaneers, Cardinals, look at even the Packers and the Rams, who we were a big fan of. Um, I think what you want this season is to invest in great teams. Now, obviously, it's too late to get the stars on those teams like DeAndre Hopkins or Cooper Cup, but there's still guys who, if you know, they may be put in your flex and they may be the third string receiver on that team or a backup running back, but they will score points some weeks. Like, you'll get the Bills. Not a lot of people are high on Dawson Knox and receivers like Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders putting up great numbers. You look at the Cardinals. James Conner has had two touchdowns uh, in the last couple of weeks, and Max Williams, their tight end, who wasn't supposed to be a factor, has been putting up points as well. Randall Cobb had a big week this week. You look at the Rams. Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson have both had big games. I think there's so many of these like backup-type players on really good NFL teams get opportunities just because their teams are scoring so much that are pretty much free on the waiver wires that you can go trade for who will still add value to your team, even though they aren't the big name stars on these contenders. It's worth worth keeping an eye on because those guys, especially if there's an injury ahead of them, then they step into huge production so they can get some of the hit or miss production. And then with the chance later on, all right, here's one more that, that I'm convinced of. Remember this name and go get them. Khalil Herbert. I'm convinced he is the running back. You want to go get On the waiver wire, he is the backup running back with the Chicago Bears. Now, David Montgomery, hopefully he'll play. Hopefully he'll he'll be healthy. And so I think people will be hesitant to go get Herbert, and so you can get him cheap, and he's the guy you want to own because he is a rookie. I watched a lot of preseason football. Now, I know I'm crazy. I love football, but I was also, my daughter was just born, and so I was up at random hours and just had a lot of downtime holding my daughter, and I watched preseason football. And he was one of the stars of the preseason. And I, I actually, I had him on my roster at one point early in the year because we, ex, we have expanded rosters on one of my leagues. But I had to let go of him just because he, you know, he is the third string. But at this point, I like, I like the chances. I know Chicago's kind of you know, hit or miss with the, with the offense. They were a little better last week against the Lions. If only you could play the Lions every week. Uh, but, but Harrison, you're a Bears fan. But I'm having to convince you that Herbert is the guy because you're, you're in on – on Damian Williams, which is understandable. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Damian Williams because I think um, he took the season last year off for COVID, but people forget how good he was for the Kansas City Chiefs that year they had the Super Bowl run, and he was incredible in that Super Bowl. Probably should have been Super Bowl MVP, and he was really good when he came in on Sunday and filled in for David Montgomery. He was really productive, got a touchdown, so I think right now he will be the plug-and-play guy for the Bears, just sort of next man up, but it would not shock me if Khalil Herbert got a pretty size of the workload as well with Damian Williams. I think that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, so he's a, a six-round draft pick out of Virginia Tech, and I'm, I'm just basing it on kind of the eye test and, and what I saw during the preseason. And then this is interesting, too. So the Bears traded for uh, Jakeem Grant from the Dolphins. And so apparently Grant's going to come in and be the kick returner, which Herbert had been the kick returner. So my thought is they're preparing to move Herbert into a, a key running back role where they don't need to, you know, risk him as the kick and, and punt returner. So I, I'm, I'm reading between the, the lines there, and I'm saying go go get Herbert. And also, Damian Williams is a little banged up. So, so him and Montgomery, a little bit questionable, so we'll see how that plays out. You know, keep an eye on the injuries. But 
Um, I'm convinced I'm going to go go snag Herbert. So there you go. All right, give me one more convinced, Harrison. So I'm going to give you another rookie who is stepping in because of injury, and that is Trey Lance. Now, do I think that Trey Lance is the best option for the 49ers to win every week and that he'll be a great NFL quarterback? No, not necessarily, but hear me out. I think yeah, he's going to be yet. amazing for fantasy. He, he's still a little young, so I don't think he's ready to you know, be that game changer in an NFL sense, but – he put up 20 fantasy points in just the second half on Sunday when he came in. And a big part of that is the rushing. If you watch that game, he ran well. I think he finished with 40-something rushing yards in just one half, which is incredible for a quarterback. And then also, he's just a big play machine. Every single You saw in the preseason, he had some big throws. Every time he's on the field, he's not consistent every time he throws the ball, but he finds the way to get those big 70-yard chunk touchdowns. You saw the one, the Debo Samuel um, and I think that's going to be huge if Jimmy Garoppolo misses some time because, you know, if he's putting up these fantasy numbers right now without much preparation is being thrown in there. Imagine if he has a full week to get, you know, entrenched in the game plan and, you know, confident with what he's doing and the team gets behind him. I think he can be a really solid fantasy quarterback who I'm comparing him to right now is Jalen Hurts on the Eagles, you know. NFL-wise, Eagles are not having a great season, not winning a ton of games, and Jalen Hurts isn't being that you know pro quarterback that everyone hoped he could be. But fantasy-wise, if you draft a Jalen Hurts, because of the rushing numbers, he's a top-five quarterback right now. I think Trey Lance can do something similar to that. Don't expect him to go out and you know give you game-winning drives like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers have done for the last couple of weeks. But I think he can do some things with his legs and, and score some touchdowns and make your fantasy team uh, really happy if you pick them up. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think it's a good take. I, maybe some interceptions, fumbles could be a part of that conversation, sacks as well, because I do think he's raw. Um, but there there are talented players around him. I mean, Debo Samuel is lighting it up. I mean, both quarterbacks are finding him left and right. I'm still waiting for Brandon Ayuk. I, I'm still waiting for him because I think he's talented. I do. I'm also waiting for George Kittle, which I'll get into later. All right, let's um let's jump into accountability and confession. We like to start the show if we you know say things on here in previous weeks, we let you know where where we were wrong. And and for me, I totally wrote off Cordero Patterson. Like it, to me, he's the kind of guy who's been in the league for a while and we've kind of seen what he can do and it's, it's inconsistent and not very impressive over the years, even though he's got some kind of uh, physical abilities, athleticism and that kind of thing. But is he a running back? Is he a wide receiver? We don't really know. However, with Atlanta, they don't know what they're doing. They don't have a good team. They're trying to figure things out. They're looking around going, uh, all right, Cordero, we need you to do something. And he stepped up. And so for the last couple of weeks, he has been very legit. And if you picked him up, like I said, I lost to him in both leagues. That's what I get. That's what I get for going against him. But he dropped 30 some points, three touchdowns, and and was very impressive. Now, I don't think it's going to continue. I don't think he's going to put up 30 every week. And I'll eat my words moving forward. But as a, you know, he I, I should have picked him up on waiver wires, I guess is the point. And and you should have gotten something out of him because he, he there aren't a ton of weapons. Now Pitts hasn't taken off yet. Calvin Ridley's been a little quiet. Not not the elite kind of wide receiver numbers that, that many hoped uh, he was kind of going to step into this year. Uh, but Patterson's been the bright spot in Atlanta. So I was wrong. What about you, Harrison? What do you need to confess? 
Yeah, so my I'm convinced last week was that Mike Williams will be a top 10 wide receiver this year. And and that hurt a little bit this week when he had only one catch and two fantasy points. So <laughs> I'm not ready to give up on that take quite yet because I think it's, you know, we got a long way to go for the season and one bad week doesn't necessarily scare me. Um, but it hurt a little bit watching that Monday night football game and just wondering, all right, where's Mike Williams? Where's Mike Williams? And he finishes with one catch. So I'll, I'll be accountable there. And, you know, had a huge start to the season. So maybe consistency will be a little bit of an issue with him. Uh, but I it think he'll pick is. it back up still. It always yeah. is. It's tough. He's a little up and down, but definitely talented. No question. And the Chargers are awesome. So it, having Chargers players is a good thing. Uh, very glad I have Austin Eckler. Um, all right, so here's – and then we'll we tell you where we're wrong, and then here's – maybe we finally got something right. Um, no, but I, I've been on the Kenneth Gainwell bandwagon, and this was really his official breakout game because he scored 20 points, six receptions, 58 yards, a touchdown, and he's being utilized in key spots, two-minute drives, third downs, uh, a little bit more you know reliable in the passing game than Miles Sanders, and – I don't know what it is about Miles Sanders because when I see him, I think he's a good running back too, but Philadelphia doesn't seem to fully uh, buy into him and they seem to like Gainwell and he's emerging and he's, he's getting more and more opportunities. This is becoming more and more of a timeshare. And so if he is still available on your waiver wire, go get him. Uh, but I've, I've kept him and stashed him and now he's, he's flirting with the kind of the flex spot. Do I actually start him? I haven't done that yet. I don't think I have. Um, so I, I may be doing that moving forward, but where, where did you get something right? Yeah, so last week uh, I told everyone, get as many Bills players as you can. And Ooh, this week they had yeah. another big week. And in particular, Dawson Knox. You know, like he was, um, as a rookie, had a surprising, like, good rookie season for a tight end a few years ago and then kind of fell asleep for the last few years. People forgot about him. They brought in digs and other weapons. But he has fully emerged to what people thought he could be after that promising rookie year. And I think it's because everyone just like forgot about him, including NFL defenses. Everyone's so worried about stopping the run with Josh Allen and, you know, now Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, all the weapons they have there. Everyone's worried about the receivers on the outside with Emmanuel Sanders and Stephon Diggs that Dawson Knox just kind of can sit in the middle of the field. I feel like the linebackers and safeties like forget that he's on the team and that he's a talented player. And Josh Allen sees him and just throws him the ball, especially in the red zone. Um, I think he's had four touchdowns in the last three weeks, which is huge fantasy production for a tight end. So, you know, if you got Dawson Knox, that's great for you. And surprisingly, he is still available in 70% of ESPN fantasy leagues. So you can still go get him this week, even if you missed out on him last week, which is great. Uh, I know. It's like, I think he's going to have some some dud weeks, but... I think over the course of the season, yeah, if you're desperate for tight end, he's he's going to he's going to do more than a lot of guys. There, there's no question about that. And like you say with the offenses, you want the the elite offenses, it, it always helps. All right. So, here on the show, we we give some fantasy uh, opinions, advice, thoughts, and we also go through the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook. And and so, uh I wrote this uh for you as a fantasy owner, uh basically to to use in your league throughout the season to find more meaning and purpose and to take fantasy concepts, relate them to the Bible. And, and so on Thursdays, we do the fantasy football fellowship call here uh, at unpacking it. And so if you ever want to be a part of that, let me know. Uh, but also encourage you to, to get one for yourself, get a playbook. Uh, you can go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com, Also on Amazon, just search fantasy football fellowship and uh, appreciate the support there. Uh, but this week's topic is all about trades. And so this is the time of year 
where trades probably become more possible. Early in the season, you're still kind of waiting to see, like, eh, I'm not ready to give up on that guy, or you're not ready to, to fully admit that your team's not very good. But if you're one and three, oh and four, now you're starting to figure out, all right, I'm gonna have to trade one of my good players for two good one of my great players for two good players. Or if you have two good quarterbacks, you're gonna have to trade one of them to go snag a third wide receiver. Those types of, of trades. But here's what happens all the time where you'll you'll value certain players, but the other fantasy owner doesn't value them the same way. And so what you will do is you will send a trade proposal. And you feel like, all right, this is a good trade. Like, this is going to help me. And you start getting excited. You're like, this is going to work out. Like, this is now I'm going to finally turn it around. And it makes sense for both sides. And then what happens? You get the dreaded email or the dreaded notification that says, your trade proposal has been rejected. And you're just bummed. You're like, oh, I wanted that trade to go through. I really wanted that wide receiver. Oh, I thought I was going to be able to pull this one off. And, you know, the other team gets cold feet or whatever. Sometimes you negotiate back and forth in text and, and you're like, all right, we're going to make this deal. And then at the last minute, they go, nah, I can't do it. And then they they reject reject your your trade offer. And and so, you know, it, it's a bummer. You, you get your hopes up and, and, it, and it falls through. And, and so, you know, you're, you're hoping for the yes and, and you get the no. And, and here's the reality. In life, we also face rejection. Sometimes it's silly stuff, but sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's painful rejection. You know, especially before you find a wife, uh, you most likely have other girlfriends or other girls that you want to go out with and they say no and you get rejected. I know I can relate to that. Uh, lots of rejection there. In, in, you know, in our careers, we, we go and, and apply for certain jobs and, and they say, no, we don't want you. You're rejected. You go up for a promotion. You get rejected. Um, then when you, uh, you know, you, you face uh, different situations where uh, you're even praying for certain things and, and the, the prayers don't turn out the way that, that you want them to. And, and you feel this sense of, of rejection and, and wondering and questioning and, and disappointment and, and all of those, those different emotions. And we're trying to figure things out. And um, the encouragement today is that there is a God who loves us, who accepts us. And even though, even, even those prayers don't, aren't answered sometimes how we, we think they should be answered. God is still good. He's still faithful. He's still loving. He's still in control. He's still a sovereign, all powerful God who loves us and, and, and wants us to know him and follow him. And here's the exciting part, that through Jesus, we have been accepted and welcomed into God's family. No matter what we've done, no matter how many times we've blown it, if, if we surrender our lives and, and, and place our faith in Jesus, the death and resurrection of, of, of Jesus and what he did on the cross for us, the forgiveness of our sin and, and receive that grace and that forgiveness, then we are, we are accepted. We're in, we are into the family of God for eternity. And, and so whenever we do then face rejection, you know, here on earth, which we will, there, there will be times, you know, for me here at unpacking it, we have to raise money. And so I ask people to support the ministry or to sponsor an event. And sometimes people say no, and I get rejected. And, and it, and it hurts and, and you start questioning, well, you know, is it me or, you know, what am I doing wrong? Or is it the ministry? You know, all these different thoughts and negative thoughts 
pop in, in my head. And what I have to go back to and what we all have to go back to when we face feelings of rejection is recognizing the truth of who God says we are and the truth of who he is. And, and so uh, an encouraging verse or a couple of verses here in Ephesians 1, 3 through 6, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. And so although facing tough setbacks is, is part of life, let's not allow them to get in the way of embracing our eternal hope and faith in God, in the God of the universe who makes a way for us to be with him, and he always welcomes us with open arms. So his grace and love is 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 bringing us in and 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 so he he accepts us and 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 when we place our faith in Jesus uh we become united with him and and, and forgives us for our for our sin and so that's the encouragement that's what we cling to today so let's not let's not allow rejection even though in fantasy it's a bummer you know we we don't like it we, we want our trades to to go through um but ultimately we trust that God all those girls that rejected me I'm so glad they did cuz I ended up with a wonderful wife uh Jody and in some of the other job situations that didn't work out, I'm thankful that I'm here at unpacking it and, and what we're doing with Fantasy Football Fellowship. And, and so all those, those moments of rejection, you know, build us, build our character, change us, transform us, and God uses it uh, for, for our good as well. Um, so if you're feeling that sense of rejection today, uh, be encouraged. There, there's hope, uh, and, and God's love uh, is there for us to, to experience and enjoy and rest in. So, uh, so there you go. You can unpack that uh, and go, go get some trade proposals out there. It's trading season. Let's go. So let, let's bring Harrison back on as, as we talk about trades, Harrison. There, there are a number of players that are worth exploring a possibility to go trade for based on their underperforming through four weeks. Now, these are you know the household names of fantasy that are letting other fantasy owners down. And some of those fantasy owners may be giving up on those guys. They may be frustrated with those guys and they may be willing to part ways at a discount. And so if we can go get those guys at a discount and kind of, you know, buy into them turning it around, um, who are some of those guys that, that might be worth it? Is it Lamar Jackson? Is it Alvin Kamara? Who's, who's, Slip just a little bit. Um, Miles Sanders, Miles Gaskin, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson. Uh, so Harrison, who who are one or two guys that, that really jump out to you that, that you're targeting in trades uh, based on how they're underperforming at the moment? Yeah, I think the Alvin Kamara thing is a, a really interesting trade to look at right now because he was drafted as the RB4. So he was a top five fantasy pick. And right now is performing at RB15. And a big reason for that is he has not gotten the touchdowns that we expected. Zero rushing touchdowns so far this season. And last week, he had zero targets as well. So even though he's getting a lot of work, he just hasn't been scoring. And that could be concerning to some fantasy owners who may be worried about the New Orleans offense. So I think maybe if you throw out a couple trades there, if the owner in your league who has, ha who has had Alvin Kamara has been having a bad fantasy season so far, 
I would try to trade for him because I think the touchdowns will come eventually. And another running back who I think would be good to trade for is Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, on Kansas City. You know, he's been really disappointing for a lot of people also, but he's picked it up the last few weeks. And his upcoming schedule, when you look at it, um, three of his next four games are against Washington, Tennessee, and the New York Giants, who have not had particularly good defenses this year. I think there's an opportunity for him to perform well during those games. All right, so a couple thoughts. Uh, I'm actually concerned about Alvin Kamara's work, meaning he's getting more touches than he ever has. And I'm not sure that that's a, a great thing. And now it's not resulting in touchdowns like like you talked about. Um, and so 26 carries uh, the other day for on, on Sunday for, for Kamara. And in his first 67 games, he had 20-plus carries only twice. And now, in three of four games so far this year, he's getting a ton of carries. So, for me, that makes me worried because is he going to wear down? Now, that's why I would go target Tony Jones, who did get banged up uh, on Sunday, but I think he's going to be okay. Um, so, anyway, so I, I'm, I'm not trading for Kamara. Uh, so, I understand your take. It's a good take. I'm going the opposite way. I, I'm not I – don't, I don't – the Saints aren't as good as we thought. They don't have as many weapons. They're going to rely too heavily on him. I'm afraid he's going to wear down by the end of the season when you need him in the playoff run. Um, so I'm thinking big picture there. Um, but I, Clyde Edwards Alaire, yeah, go go get him. If people are discounting him a little bit, but I think he has played better in, in recent weeks. So there's probably more optimism from most uh, owners. Now, for me, I'm a George Kittle owner. I've got him in almost every league that I'm in, and I've, I've been worried about him. Um, but it's going to turn around. I think with Trey Lance, I think they're going to have to find George Kittle. They, they got to get him the ball. He's such a weapon because they're not winning. They're what two and two now. So time to get it together, San Francisco. Get it to your best player. Samuel's been fine, but get it to your best player. And and so if people are downplaying George Kittle, who only had eight points over the weekend, go get him. I would absolutely trade low for him if you can. Same with T.J. Hawkinson. That's another guy that I talk about every week. But but he had, he's had two down weeks in a row. I still, for the long term, feel great about him as one of the elite tight ends. And if people are, are again, downplaying him at the moment, uh, go get him. All right, make a case for uh, for one or two more guys that you'd go trade for. One guy who I would test the waters on, who it may be harder to trade for, is DeAndre Hopkins. Because he was drafted super high, wide receiver four. But right now, he's playing as the wide receiver 24 in fantasy. In the last few weeks, he's only had five points and 10 points, which is not what you're looking for from your number one wide receiver on a team. But obviously, you know that I'm a big believer in the Arizona offense and in Kyler Murray, and he's the number one target there. If that fantasy owner who has DeAndre Hopkins is a little bit down on him, I would go throw out uh, a trade for DeAndre Hopkins. I think he will still be a top five receiver this year, even though he's playing outside of the top 20 uh, right now on a points per game basis. All right, man. I got to disagree. I'm going the other way on this. They've got too many players. They're they're good. So I think for as a team, I, I've had to kind of come around, and I talked about this on the Unpacking It Live show yesterday. This is a legit team. Beating the Rams was a huge win for them, a very you know confident building type win. But, I mean, if A.J. Green's going to contribute, we, we've talked a lot about Rondell Moore on this show. Uh, Christian Kirk is still solid. There, there just isn't enough for Hopkins. He's not going to dominate the catches like he did in Houston when he was mainly the only guy. And that's who, you know, for the most part, Deshaun Watson was throwing to. Um, and so I think with these other guys emerging, 
he's going to have a nice game or two, but to be a top five receiver, I, I don't see it. I really don't. Not to mention, you got Chase Edmonds, James Conner, a nice time timeshare there. Both those guys, a little bit of work, you know, coming out of the backfield. Also, the the running of Kyler Murray. And so I, I, I agree with you. You were all in on Kyler Murray being a top, actually the top quarterback this year, which seems to be pretty strong. Um, actually, I have him in a league, which is nice. But but anyway, so I'm I'm gonna let somebody else suffer with uh with DeAndre Hopkins. I'll uh I'll say that. Um, all right. Any other guys? Uh, I think it's worth trying to trade for Allen Robinson. I think I think at some point he he could he could bounce back. And Justin Fields, if he ends up being the guy, we, we still the quarterback situation is very frustrating. I'm, I'm sure for you as a Bears fan, uh, it's exhausting with Matt Nagy every single week. Um, but Allen Robinson's too good and has been too consistent over the years for this to continue. Because what's he at now? Wide receiver sixty. He'll be better than that moving forward. So. Any last any last thoughts, and we'll we'll move on. Yeah, I agree with that one. And then some guys who might be tempting to trade for just because of how undervalued they are, but I don't think you should trade for them. Or Kyle Pitts, do not trade for Kyle Pitts. I mean, he was super overvalued in my opinion oh. going into the season. I would not expect him to rebound. I think this is. Uh, not a great situation for him in Atlanta, and especially being a rookie tight end, they never really produce. I don't know why people expected him to be a top five option. Right now, he's tight end 18. I don't see him being much higher than that. Um, and another guy who might also be tempting to trade for, but I would stay away from is Miles Sanders. And from the point that you said earlier about uh, Kenneth Gainwell, I think he's going to really cut into Sanders' work. You know, Sanders was a top 20 running back going into the season. Um, he's underperformed so far, but hasn't been terrible. I would still stay away from him though. Uh, I don't think he's going to be great. And then the final guy to stay away from, don't be tempted by the big name is chase Claypool. I'm all out on outside of Najee Harris. I'm all out on the Pittsburgh Steelers passing offense. Cause I just don't think big Ben has it anymore. And you know, Claypool and Juju Smith Schuster, if anyone's trying to offer you them in a trade, hoping that you will bite at the big name, decline the trade don't take them you cannot you cannot expect the production that we were hoping for from chase claypool now that we really know how much big ben has fallen off this season even though deontay johnson had a good game for me and that that got me thinking i may need to try to trade him but unfortunately I, i would think in the whole nfl fantasy community everybody's out on the steelers there's very little hope for the steelers so i'm not sure that there is much value if you're trying to unload any of those guys um Poor Harris, because they, they might really rely on him, especially if, if they do make a change of quarterback. Big Ben's hurt. I guess he's got a hip issue, so he may even be out. So we don't know what's uh, – that's a mess in Pittsburgh. Unless all of a sudden everything clicks and Dwayne Haskins is legit. But we've seen the Mason Rudolph uh, experiment, and he's very mediocre, to say the least. So I, I wouldn't get too excited if he goes in uh, to replace Big Ben. But maybe they go trade for Nick Foles. I don't know, somebody like that that's, that's Gardner Minshew. Um, I think they have to at least consider something like that. I really do. Um, so we'll, we'll see about that. All right, let's, uh, let's have a little fun. We'll get to, uh, our one hit wonder of the week. And then we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up with the, uh, the waiver wire conversation, invest or pass my one hit wonder of the week, Ross Dwelly. Oh, Ross, you killed me. You got one target. You're only Catch of the whole season was a 21-yard touchdown you took away from George Kittle. Come on, man. Just let Kittle get involved. What are we doing here? Um, and and so, uh, yeah, his only catch. I mean, it's a one-hit wonder. Unless Kittle goes out with an injury, Dwelly's not doing much. Uh, and please, get the ball to Kittle. 
And, and so what we do is we do a one hit wonder, uh, you know, a guy that randomly scores, you know, that's all he does. One thing, that's it. Uh, and then we'll never hear from him again. Uh, and then how about a song? We always like to go back in time, a little one hit wonder. And here's another one close to home for me. So my daughter's name is Michaela. So she's seven, eight weeks now. And the song that we sing is Michaela. And so the, that song is tequila. Um, so I'm, I'm not encouraging that by any means, but, uh, but the song by the camps is from 1958. Who knew that it was that old of a song, but I looked that up today and they say the word tequila three times in the song. Uh, but we replaced that with Michaela. And so that is your one hit wonder song of the week. And we, uh, we like that one at the, at the Johnson household, Michaela. All right, Harrison, what is your one hit wonder football and song wise? My hit one, one hit wonder, uh, this week is John Ross for the New York giants. You know, I'm not buying in. No. Um, you know, a lot of people believed in him because of that 40 yard dash that he ran at the combine a few years ago, but I was never a big fan of his coming into the NFL. I'm a big believer that you need more than speed, uh, to be a good wide receiver. And he's so I, hopefully he finds a home somewhere in the NFL. Cause I do think he's a talented player, but I think this big week that he had catching the bomb from Daniel Jones touchdown, uh, is not going to last with the giants. I think some guys will come back from injury and he won't be a, a mainstay there in the offense. Uh, he's my one hit wonder. And then my song is take on me by aha eighties classic. Oh yeah. I, I, that song is a little annoying to me. I'm sorry. I can't buy into that one. <laughs> Take, take on me, on me, take on me. Yeah, a little, a little annoying for me, but that's all right. I'll let it slide. Very cool. There's your uh, one-hit wonder. One of these weeks, we'll actually play the song. How about that? Instead of hearing me sing, that might be better for everyone. Um, I do a lot of singing now as a, as a dad. A lot of singing. Singing in the car, bedtime, bath time, a lot of singing. So my wife is actually a, a wonderful singer. Me, not so much. All right, last segment of the day. Invest or pass. We take a look at the waiver wire. It's Tuesday. Most waivers uh, go through tonight. A lot of leagues do different waiver wires. I love the fab where you you know get $100 fake money for the year and you bid on players, blind bid. It's the best. Uh, if you do reverse order, that's fine. Um, and then some are wide open where you just pick up guys left and right. But that's, wow, that's a lot of work. Uh, that's hard to keep up with, especially when you're in multiple leagues. But all right, so you uh, you already said you're all in on Damian Williams, uh, so you're you're saying go get him on the waiver wire. I feel like guys should already have him, but but he is available in in leagues. Um, I'm saying go pick up Khalil Her- Herbert on on the waiver wire. Other Bears running back. Um, you, you told everybody Dawson Knox last week, so you're sticking with that. How about Dalton Schultz? Uh, now two weeks in a row, he's he's been uh, into the end zone and, and has been had a nice production for the Cowboys at tight end. Uh, do you stick with him? Still got Blake Jarwin uh, taking some of the the targets as well. What, what investor pass? Uh, I would go with Dawson or Dalton uh, Schultz in this case, just because I think he's the more consistent target in that offense, um, and he's really the third target now that Michael Gallup is out. You know, obviously you have Amari Cooper and you have CeeDee Lamb as the big play guys on the outside, but he's been dependable 
uh, six receptions the last two games, you know, caught a touchdown in each one. I think he is here to stay in the Dallas offense and he's available in 70% of leagues. You know, if you're someone who, uh, you know, maybe you looked at Robert Tunyon in the draft or uh, you had Logan, Logan Thomas who got injured this week. I think Dalton Stoltz could be a, a, a good guy to plug in there and hope for some production uh, from the tight end spot. Yeah, to me, the Cowboys, gosh, it's kind of like Arizona. It's just like hard to know who, who's going to have the big week. They're going to have big weeks, and it, it's, it's nice to have the, 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 that guy on those weeks. But, um, yeah, I could see him also having two weeks in a row where he does nothing. But, uh, but anyway, that, that, it's, it's worth taking a look at, depending on how desperate you are at tight end. Um, how about Van Jefferson uh, in, in L.A.? I'm, of course, on the Cooper Cup train. We're still waiting for uh, Robert Woods to, to, to do anything. He really hasn't. But Van Jefferson uh, had a big game. Deshaun Jackson, uh, I guess two weeks ago, had a big game. Uh, so where do you land on Van in particular? Yeah, I'm a fan of Van Jefferson because um, I think he was a really talented player coming out of college. And you look at how the Rams like to run their offense, you know, a few years ago when you had Jared Goff as the QB and Todd Gurley, they were that number one offense in the NFL. They were running a lot of three wide receiver sets. They had three great receivers in Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. And then the last few years after Cooks left, they've been more in the two receivers. But I think now that Van Jefferson has emerged as that third guy, that's what they want to do. I think they want to have him you know, have a solid role in this offense as the third wide receiver um, and he's been consistently targeted the last couple of weeks. I think he's less big play dependent than uh, Deshaun Jackson is. And I would look to pick him up and, you know, maybe not start him right away, but keep him on your bench. And if his role continues to grow, I think it will be great uh, to have him as a potential flex play in that offense. All right. So we got to talk backup running backs because this is my waiver wire uh, focus. I always like to get, I like to get the running back before he goes off or before an injury. And, and so I mentioned, you know, the concern with Kamara, there's also concern with Derrick Henry, you know, I mean, how long can he go? And I'm amazed that Jeremy McNichols continues to be available on the waiver wire. And last week he was very productive in the past game. So he's already putting up decent numbers with Derrick Henry. And if anything happened to Henry, you know, there would be a lot of opportunity there because that offense is built around the run game. So, so Jeremy McNichols in Tennessee, and then my boy Darrington Evans, he's still on IR. He might come back, but he's the other running back there. So you want one of those guys, I would say, but, but at this point, McNichols is, is the guy. And then in Cincinnati with Joe Mixon banged up, Samaje Pirine uh, was actually pretty good last year. So he averaged 4.8 yards per carry on 63 attempts last year. Giovanni Bernard, of course, is gone. He's down to Tampa Bay. And and Mixon, you know, he, he's had some injury issues. And last year, he was definitely out for a while. Um, now, that offense with Burrow, they'll probably throw it 50 times you know, most of the season with all those weapons. Uh, Jamar Chase lighting it up. But um, but I would like P. Ryan. I think he's worth, he's worth a waiver wire ad. So I would invest in him. And then the one other guy I would invest in, even though the Jets are, like, questionable and – I. I Corey Davis was great. He's kind of been my guy in New York. Uh, but before he got there, Jamison Crowder was always my guy there. Crowder gets a lot of catches. He just does. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He always gets a lot of catches. The problem with him, he gets injured a lot. So I would invest in him if you were like really desperate for wide, a wide receiver and you had injuries to Julio Jones or A.J. Brown or some of these other receivers that are, that are out. Um, Crowder is not going to 
uh, if he's healthy, I don't think he'll let you down too much. Uh, so I would invest there. Um, let me throw out a couple for you, Harrison. Uh, Randall Cobb, Brandon Bolden, and Khalif Raymond. Why don't you run through investor pass real quickly? Yeah, so Khalif Raymond, I think it's interesting just because in Detroit. there hasn't in Detroit, wide receiver. There hasn't been a true number one to step up in Detroit. Everyone's been sort of waiting for that, and everyone has their on or off weeks. I think that's how it's going to continue to be. So I would not invest in him just because I don't want any Detroit wide receiver this year. I think the offense runs through the running backs there and the tight end and Hawkinson. Um, Randall Cobb is interesting. You know, uh, Aaron Rodgers told the team they had to trade for him in the offseason, so obviously he wants him there. He wants to throw him the ball. But it's another thing where, like, you know, the Chiefs always have that one great receiver in Tyree Kill, and then after that, we don't really know who the second guy is going to be. I think it's the same thing in Green Bay where you have Devontae Adams. Uh, Randall Cobb may have some weeks here or there, but I would not invest. They hasn't, there hasn't really been a consistent number two guy there for a while. Uh, and then Brandon Bolden, the backup running back for New England. Some people are looking at him just because Damien Harris has been a little banged up and not himself this last couple of weeks. And Brandon Bolden's also been getting the pass work there with James White out. He is not someone that I would target really heavily. Um, if you really are desperate for running back, I could see it. But I think his ceiling as a player is really capped just because he hasn't really got any of the rushing work at all. And I, I don't think there's enough volume in that New England offense passing the ball for, you know, the four or five receptions that he gets to really be worth a lot in fantasy. Last one for me. It's worth investing in Alex Collins, backup running back in Seattle. Chris Carson, another one of these guys that gets injured a lot. Rashad Penny is never going to play, so just move on. Get out, get that out of your head. He's. I looked today. He's on someone's roster in one of my leagues. Rashad Penny. He's not going to play. We've waited. How many years has he been in the league? Or it's like, this is the year. This is the game. It's going to be Rashad Penny. It's not. So it's Alex Collins. So he was actually, I think, even more productive than Chris Carson last week. And then we always wonder about injuries with Carson. So you know, Seattle's offense. Uh, it's okay. It's not. It's not lighting it up uh, necessarily. Um, but but Collins was productive, so worth worth going to snag him. I think in the long run uh, could be pretty good for you. So there you go. That's Investor Pass. That is today's show. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts, your questions. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Bryce, at unpackingit.com. He's Harrison Zuckerberg. I'm Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for listening today on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I'm a sports fan and a fantasy owner who loves Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as fantasy owners and sports fans who follow Jesus together. Today's topic in the playbook was about rejection. Again, be encouraged. God loves you. And uh, he accepts us, man. Gosh, how awesome is that? So, Cling to that and have a wonderful rest of your day. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the FFF Podcast.